Hello and welcome to Sobirov's Wednesday live show. And I'm your host, Rahmat Sobirov, managing lawyer of the firm. I'm pleased to see you all from wherever you're joining us from. And today we will be talking about business immigration from Mexico to Canada. So welcome all. Please let us know where you're joining us from and what would you like to hear uh, from us in terms of topics in our future live sessions. For those who are joining me for the first time, I do these live presentations and live shows plus Q&A every Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. Toronto time. And I would welcome your questions related to business immigration because this is what we specialize in at Sobirov's law firm. Welcome to the show and let's start with the topic. <coughs> Excuse me, I have, a, I, I have some effect of the weather today. So business immigration from Mexico to Canada, it is one of the, uh, one of the member, member uh, signatories to the Canada-US-Mexico agreements. Mexico is one of the largest, uh, largest producers of migrants to Canada. However, today is our topic only discusses the business immigration aspect, not general immigration, okay? So focus on business immigration is our main target and I would welcome your, your questions related to this topic, okay? Now, uh, what, how it works, I, will, I have a presentation today. It, a more detailed, sometimes a bit technical, so let me know if it gets too technical, but bear with me, these are important subjects that I want to highlight for you on a, on a, on a high level, but if we go too deep, uh, let, let me know. I, I appreciate your feedback. All right, uh, before we delve into the topic, uh, just a brief in introduction. Sobirov's law firm is a business immigration law firm, is a boutique firm in, uh, at, uh, in, in Toronto, and we specialize only in business immigration. So business immigration is our business. Uh, we've been ranked one of the leading firms in this category by the Legal 500 in 2023. We are immigrant-driven. We, we were immigrants before. We immigrated to Canada and we are now proud Canadians. So we know the stages, the emotional stage um, of immigration journey. We're based in Toronto, as I said, and we are multilingual. We speak many languages in our firm and we hope uh, we speak your language too. Uh, we've been doing this business for over 10 years and gathered lots of insights and experience in this area. More information you can find on our website. Uh, today's topic, as I mentioned, is an overview of business immigration regime. What applies to between Mexico and Canada? I will disregard the United States today because it's it is not the subject of my topic, but one day I will do again the immigration from the U.S. to Canada. But today is our uh, friends from Mexico would probably find this presentation useful. I will cover five main topics, five main categories of uh, those who can come to Canada under business immigration. It is business visitors, professionals, intra-company transferees, traders and investors, okay? So we will focus on these five categories. As I said, uh, we produce a lot of content on our website at sobirovs.com. 
you should send us your feedback if you if you want to discuss if you want us to cover certain topic okay um, and a new web page will be coming specifically dedicated to business immigration from Mexico to Canada and it will be very helpful for those who are interested in this topic all right as I said today's presentation is focused only on business immigration on the side as a side note uh, you know Mexicans can travel to Canada visa free at the moment for traveling and maybe some visits on a business okay but that's not the subject of my topic my topic will be more about work permits these are longer term status but temp still temporary but longer term uh, we will focus only on LMIA exempt categories where you don't have to get an LMIA to get a work permit as a as a citizen as a citizen of Mexico and of course intracompany transfer is the main uh, focus because that's where the movement where, where the action is and of course whatever I discuss on the work permit category it covers the family members of the main applicant work permit holder all right uh, first category the Canada US Mexico agreement which is formally known as NAFTA agreement uh, has a category called business visitor okay the business visitor is a person of course of Mexican citizenship who is engaged in trade in goods the provision of services or conduct and uh, of investment activity so this is a person who can visit but not work like work work requires work permit but this is a very uh, I, I would call it business tourist in a way right it's a he's a business but for the purpose of uh, he's a visit he's a visitor to Canada for the purpose of business uh, basic requirements uh, I think you will see these a bit repetitive on the requirement sections but I will give you the main definition and then the requirements so only for short-term visits unless cert certain circumstances uh, require that business person to stay longer which is very rare because you come to Canada as a business visitor to attend a fair or exhibition or trade show or something so this is what uh, the category implies uh, you gotta be citizen of Mexico a passport holder because the permanent resident holder re residence holder of Mexico are not eligible you gotta be citizen so many people ask me this question I'm a, I'm a PR in Australia or in Mexico or in the US do I apply can I benefit from this no this is only for the citizens of Mexico and there are certain business activities described under what you can do as a business visitor I will come to that in the next slide and your activities should be in, in international in nature in, in scope you don't intend to enter the Canadian labor market basically you don't intend to work in Canada under this category the primary source of your payment the salary and remuneration is outside of Canada so which is probably the mother corporation who's sending you to uh, to for a trade show as a business visitor is paying all the all your salaries and so on the principal business place of business is also outside of Canada that must be demonstrated and of course you have to comply with all the immigration rules this is very 
entry-level status, I would say, under the five statuses, we categories that we will describe today. Um, so these are the activities under that business visitors can do without work permits, without even working. So research and design, growth, manufacture and growth, manufacture and production, marketing, sales, distribution, after sales, service, and general service. So you are not really entering the, the Canadian labor force. You're here on a temporary basis, and these are the activities that you can do as a business visitor. The next bigger, it's a, it's a category that I have to mention because uh, you may say, oh, I'm, this is more business immigration, but why are you talking about professionals? I'm talking about the professionals because as a, if you establish as a Mexican citizen, if you establish a business in Canada, you may benefit from this list of professions to bring your Mexican workers to your Canadian business. That's why I will briefly mention it. I don't have to go into detail here because there's a, it's a very straightforward system. There are, there's a list of 60 occupations. Uh, this is a mechanism by which selected professionals can enter Canada to provide their services. And the requirements are straightforward. Main thing is qualification here because uh, qualification to work uh, in that profession needs to be demonstrated. And there should be a pre-arranged employment with Canadian employer. As I said, if you open a Canadian entity and you want to hire all these professions, it is easier and very straightforward for, for the citizens of Mexico. It's a list, it's a long list, but overall it's very straightforward. Uh, this is the flexibility that Mexican citizens have under the Canada-US-Mexico agreement. Next category is uh, more I will delve into because that's the chunk, the main um, activities happen under this category. Okay. Intra-company transferees. Intra-company transferees, as, as the name suggests, involves two entities. One in Mexico, in this scenario, because we are discussing Mexico, and one in Canada. The requirements for the applicant is very, is very uh, important because a Mexican citizen who wants to benefit from intra-company transferee has to be either employed in an executive or managerial capacity, or the capacity that involves specialized knowledge. I will come to that, but keep in mind that not all Mex workers from your Mexican entity can transfer to the Canadian entity. Of course, enterprises between in Mexico and Canada have a, have a relationship of certain kind. It's not that they are independent of each other. They have some relationship. You have to prove that. And there must be, for those who are being transferred under ICT, they must have worked in similar position in Mexico for at least one year from in the last three years. So that's that. These are three highlights: the nature of the work, the relationship between the entities, and the and the employment history. Now let's dive into the definition of what does executive capacity mean. So it refers to a position in which the employee primarily directs the management of the organization or, this ma or major compo component of the organization, establishes the goal and policies, exercises 
discretion in terms of decision making, receives only general supervision or direction from higher executives, but makes his own independent decision. An executive typically does not involve, get involved in duties necessary to produ produce a product or offer a service. He's a higher level, like a CEO, CFO, CMO, CTO, and such positions could fall under executive capacity. Next is you can transfer those who have managerial capacity. And this is the definition of managerial. He supervises and controls. He has an authority, uh, he or she has an authority to hire and fire people. Exercises discretion over day to day, but you should be careful. A first line supervisor is usually not considered to be acting in a managerial capacity. Uh, unless the employees supervised are professionals, okay? So this is a bit of a legal, technical thing you have to determine. The client-facing uh, supervisor, first line, unless he supervises professionals, is not considered managerial capacity. So uh, many, in this, in this scenario, in this, in this um, area, many of my clients ask, what if... I interact with customers, and but I supervise my, my employees. You're, you shouldn't be basically performing daily tasks, okay? You got to be in the managerial role. The professionals under your control have to be dealing on a day-to-day -day production or offering the service. You got to be a higher level. So it's not a, it's not a typical, uh, typical employee who faces the client every day, okay? And the third category, maybe I wouldn't call it the lowest, but unique. If you have a specialized knowledge of the, of, of the business in Mexico, such a specialized that it would require to demonstrate that higher degree of knowledge or advanced expertise in certain areas, those categories can also be transferred under ICT. Uh, proprietary knowledge alone saying that, oh, I know this uh, unusual coding mechanism or some very specific niche area doesn't really guarantee that you fall under specialized knowledge, okay? So the whole analysis needs to be made and you need to work with your lawyer to identify whether that person is a really specialized knowledge holder or not. So uh, in, in a nutshell, we have specialized knowledge, then managerial, then executive people, who can benefit from intra-company transfer uh, category, okay? Uh, another major question that I'm being asked is, what's the length under ICT? What's the length of work permits that we will obtain? How long we can stay with that work permit? It also depends on the, on, under which category you're coming. For example, uh, individuals authorized to enter Canada to open an office like a kickstart, you know, the, the initial team that comes to Canada to start, ignite the business in Canada will get maximum of one year, okay? Maximum of one year, but in general, under ICT, the Mexican citizens who are benefiting from ICT will probably get three years of work permit, but then again, you go into deeper analysis, who is coming to do what in Canada. And those who are coming to just to open a new office will probably get one year, which is extendable, but initially one year. 
Extensions can be granted for a duration of up to two years if the person continues to comply with the requirements for ICT. So the guy came, let's say the, a group of initial employees came to open a, a startup office, the first office of your Canadian entity. Then they get one year work permit. They can be extended for another two years, but totally three years. There's no uh, justification for them to stay longer in Canada, right? But overall, that extension, that's, that possibility to, to extend will not go beyond seven years. Overall, the total up to seven years. The total period of stay for a person employed in a position requires specialized knowledge. That's the third category that I mentioned earlier, may not exceed five years. So in, in short, this is a long answer, but short answer is executives and managerial capacity will get up to seven years with certain extensions. But the, those who are specialized knowledge holders get up to five years of work permit in Canada. And I mentioned earlier, the family members, dependents and children under 22 may accompany the ICT, uh, tra intra-company transfer to Canada. That's also given. Next category. Okay, I hope you're not bored. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you have questions until now, start typing. I'll come to your questions. I have another 10 minutes of presentation. And please don't hesitate to send me your questions. Another very interesting category under Canada-US-Mexico agreement are traders. Usually they get a work permit for one year. And the requirements are very, um, I, I would say, substantial. <laughs> Here's the word substantial. So, of course, Mexican citizenship and uh, the employing in a Mexican, the employing enterprise has Mexican nationality. So, in this case, the law says the Canadian entity who has been established and who will employ the traders should be of Mexican nationality. The nationality of an entity is determined by the who owns the majority shares and controlling shares, okay? And the activities, this is more important, activities should involve substantial trade, substantial meaning 50% of your trade in goods or services between Mexico and Canada. So there should be a substantial relationship in terms of trade between your Mexican uh, uh, your, between two countries in your activities. So you should be, it's not just doing nothing or it should be really substantial between Canada, import-export, let's say, of goods or services between Canada and Mexico. Of course, the, we, we always have to keep in mind the, the position should not be a simple position, an ordinary position. It's a supervisory or executive or involves certain essential skills. So traders are not normal, typical, ordinary workers that you can transfer, you can, you can hire in Canada. Compliance, of course, is always the, the issue. Now, let's go into more detail about who is the supervisor under this category, the traders category. Is a manager primarily responsible for directing, controlling, and guiding subordinate employees and does not routinely engage in hands-on activities. Again, very similar to the supervisory role in the previous category, ICT. Uh, an executive is, is uh, in primary position in the organization with significant policy authority. So 
the executive that you will you want to hire as a tra- on the trader category has more like a policy making role. He doesn't get involved into day to day. And the third category, the essential skills uh, or or services or uh, are special qualifications that are vital for the nature of the business for the effectiveness of the firm firm's Canadian operations. So every person who may want to benefit from the traders category has to fall under one of these uh, definitions. Um, yeah, this this is a investor category, another the last one that I want to mention today. And I think this is the most interesting for high net worth individuals and people who want to invest into a Canadian business and move to Canada with their families. This is the investor category and mostly used by our clients. In addition to ICT, of course, but this is the second second most popular popular program. And the investor work permit, again, one year work permit will be given. Here, I want to highlight the keyword of substantial investment, which is a bit confusing. You may ask, what is substantial investment? How much do I have to do? So I will, let's skip this requirements. It's very straightforward. Again, the analysis of executive, supervisory, and essential skills. But what is substantial investment in this? Under the law, there's no minimum dollar figure, but it should be substantial. Again, substantiality is normally determined by using what is called a proportionality test, uh, in which the amount invested is weighed against one of the following factors. The total amount of the total value of the of the particular enterprise or the amount normally considered necessary and required for the, a viable enterprise. So I will give you an example because this is very confusing, I know. Uh, so let's go, um, let's go to these examples. How much is enough? How much is substantial? Uh, it should be according to these two examples. For example, if you, if you open a consulting firm, it might be found that a total of $50,000 investment is necessary to become fully operational, a consulting business. In order to qualify under an investor category in that kind of business, the applicant would have to invest a high percentage of $50,000, which, which is, I would call it more than 50%, more than $25,000. But this is a, an example of a consulting firm. And it should, not be, it should not be accepted as, oh, I should invest $25,000 and then I'm good. It's just an example by IRCC, okay? Another example of more substantial, more a bigger enterprise, for example, of for a total investment of $1 million, the investor might reasonably have to invest at least five hundred or 600000 whereas for a $10 million manufacturing plant, if you want to establish a manufacturing plant, two, three million may be sufficient. So... Proportionality test is very important. The nature of the business is very important. And then you may argue and say, to do that business in Canada requires the X amount of dollars. From that amount of dollar, I'm, as a Mexican investor, I'm investing the biggest portion of it, let's say 60% or 55%. That's, you can argue, is a significant 
significant investment. As I said, um, substantiality is, is uh, there's no dollar figure. It's a, it's a very liquid argument. You need to make it uh, and you need, to, you need to prove that either the amount is already invested or irrevocably committed for investment. There are certain confusions when they say, oh, do, do I have to show the money in my bank account? Yes, that's a plus. But more importantly, the money that you show should be already destined to be invested, at least destined, if not already invested. Okay? If you have already invested and buy, uh, you bought equipment or certain products already to run the business in Canada, that could be also calculated as into your substantial investment, okay? Uh, already invested or irrevocably committed for investment. That's, that's something to be proven. All right, how much is enough? Now, the whole philosophy behind the investor status, the fifth category that we are discussing today, is the objective of this status is to promote productive investment in Canada. Therefore, an applicant, a Mexican applicant, is not entitled to this status if the investment, even in millions of dollars, will return only enough income to provide a living for the applicant and his family in Canada. So many of my clients, they say, okay, I will invest this much, but and I will generate this profit, which will cover my living expenses in Canada. Will that be enough? No, it should be, it should be beyond your personal expenses. The objective, as I said, is to promote productive investment in Canadian economy. It should be beyond your own uh, necessities. It should create jobs. It should create more benefit for Canada. Then you may benefit from the investor status mentioned under Canada-US-Mexico uh, agreement. I hope I, uh, it wasn't too much of legalese, but this, these are important topics. So we discussed today uh, five, five uh, categories, uh, as I mentioned here. Uh, here we go. Yeah, business visitors, professionals, intracompany transferees, and traders and investors. These are all under Canada-US-Mexico agreement. Don't get me wrong, other programs such as Startup Visa or PNPs are still open for the citizens of Mexico. I'm just focusing on the most flexible programs. Just you, you, you can only benefit if you are a citizen of Mexico. Okay, All other programs, Express Entry, whatnot, are still open for Mexican professionals or uh, citizens. That's why... I focus on CUSMA, the Canada-US-Mexico agreement, because it gives the ultimate freedom, ultimate uh, flexibility and easiness for Mexican citizens, okay? Now, uh, I wanna highlight one thing uh, before I delve into your questions. Thank you very much. Sobirov's law firm is coming to India. If you're interested to meet us, subscribe under in this uh, at this link. I will leave the link under this video, come see us uh, in India and we are trying to gather the interest. If there is a strong interest, we will organize a meeting, a one place to meet you all. But if not, then we will meet on a uh, case by case basis. We are 
staying in India for 15 days, one five, 15 days in India. And we would like to see you all there. Uh, subscribe and stay updated. Let us be your guide in your business immigration to Canada. Book your consultation today. If you don't find the consultation helpful, we will refund your consultation fee. There is no problem with that. And uh, we've been doing it for a long time and trust the most experienced, uh, one of the most experienced teams on business immigration. All right, your questions now. Thank you very much for the questions. I will pull them right here. Hello, Tahir from Turkey. Hello to Turkey. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, okay. Here we go, a uh, question from Roman. Roman, nice to meet you. It's, I, I, I'm, I think you, you are participating for the first time. If not, please correct me. So here's a question from him. If I need help finding a business to put in Canada, uh, and where does your firm help in finding that business, even find the franchise? Yes, we do. We have business finding services to our clients yes we we help you but do you need to give us a criteria okay you you want to say oh i have this background experience in this area but i would like to do this so based on your uh, search criteria we may be able to find businesses for you and you um you mentioned my goal is to immigrate to completely with my family I had seen the CV, C11 visa route as an option. What impact do the changes in the rule have on this option? The rules have, have been clarified. They didn't really change. The rules were there. They, were, they have been clarified. The clarification that was done last November by Immigration Canada was about the impact of your business into the locality where your business will be operating. The very famous example that I repeat all the time about C11 now, it's not about the dollar amount that you put into your Canadian business. It's where you put that dollar amount. Uh, if you go to outside of metropolitan areas like big cities, if you go further outside, the better are your chances and the, the amount of investment goes down proportionally. The, the effect goes up, the, proportion, the, the investment amount goes down. And that's why in the new clarification by IRCC is more about the locality and that's why you need to have good expectations and maybe connections with economic development officers of certain localities. We do have a relationship with economic development officers and business association in different locations across Canada. If you tell us where you want to get settled, and you run your business and and the criteria for the businesses we can help you find the right business okay anything else uh, more about our uh, website i usually want to share that at the end of my presentation if you haven't visited our website please do so the website is full of necessary and useful knowledge uh, there are a lot of success stories guidelines on a country by country basis you can find one of uh, there will be a new section here about mexico business immigration uh, all the categories we've discussed startup visas all the categories we've discussed 
and C11 is under startup because usually the the person that wants to come under C11 he's starting a new business. That's why we put it under startup. And uh, the those Canadian employers who want to hire foreign talent, we can help them too. They have uh, necessary pages, uh, and you can you can always benefit from this. And we already have always been upfront with our fees. You can go and use the fee calculator. It's an estimate, very rough estimate. And also instant free assessment is there free of charge for you to use. We don't need your emails. We don't need your telephone number. Just go and use it for your own benefit. Just get an informed, make an informed decision. The philosophy, the philosophy of my law firm and myself is to give you necessary information so that you can make the best decision in your circumstances. And we will help you to make that best decision. The edge, we've, we've, doing this business for over 10 years, we've discovered that an educated client is the best client. Okay, That's why our website, our presentations every like this Wednesday live shows are all about educating our potential clients. You can get free information, stay subscribed, tell us if you if you have any feedback, if you know any topic that we did not cover on the business immigration, let us know. So it's it's great to see you today. Thank you very much. I guess there are no questions. I can I can see there are no questions. Have a great rest of the week. And for those who are celebrating Navruz, the spring holiday, happy Navruz. For those who are observing the holy month of Ramadan, happy Ramadan to you and hope to see you next week. Stay safe. Goodbye.